ready to stand up and worship God for a little while? All right. It's always an exciting day when you come to church. To see everybody again and worship our, our Lord and Savior. All right, so this, this song we're going to do is a, is, a, is, a, is a really cool song. It's all about worship. It's all about lifting our hands and calling out his name and just and just crying out, holy, holy is our God almighty. So I want to hear you guys do that when we sing this song. Just drown us out, you know, drown us out and lift up to God.
You can have a seat. All right, welcome to Haven Community Church. Hi. That was kind of like non-eventful. Welcome. Yeah, whatever. Shut up. No, um, I got a lot more to say today, so be ready. Um, great that we're glad to have you here today, and um, we're ready. We're glad we're just going to celebrate and worship the Lord here. And um, we're, you're, if you're visiting with us, welcome. Um, Jill is going to lead us in some announcements today, and then we're going to continue on with the service. I'll, I'll come back up and give some, give some uh, instructions because that's what I do. All right. All right. Good morning, everybody. All right. Um, inside your bulletin, you have your announcement sheet as always. A couple things I wanted to highlight this morning. Um, first of all, I think a few weeks ago you remember this. Um, Debbie DiVirgilio got up and asked about this. This is our 2013 wrap-up. Um, as you know, this building is great, and everything we've done is to get here is perfect for our, for our ministries. Um, but we did fall a little bit short on our, uh, our, of our budget expectations, about $10,000, and we'd love to end up the year ahead. So if you're willing to prayerfully consider uh, getting us back on track and, and wrap up 2013 good, uh, there's some forms in the back. Uh, you can f grab some of those, or you can see Debbie DiVirgilio. Debbie, wave your hands real quick. There you go. Appreciate that. Um, second thing. Um, uh, Operation Christmas Child, Teresa mentioned that last week. We are in the midst of it now. If you did not get um, a, a form and you need one, there's some out there in the Bell Cafe. If not, you can go online and the information's right here. And then one other thing I wanted to mention, I think next week the food Thanksgiving food drive starts. Um, the Haven's Helping Hands Thanksgiving food drive. You can see the information here and you can also see um, Donna Wiggum back there. You can wave your hand, Donna, and there's some information in the Bell Cafe. And then lastly, um, on this basket of giving, you have a little form in your, in your um, bulletin. If you know of a family that could use some support during the Thanksgiving holidays, please fill this out and put it in the, in the um, offering plate, and uh, the team will get back to you on, on how we can maybe help out that family. Um, the last thing here, uh, I guess next Sunday is Paris Foundation. But the last thing we wanted to mention as well is um, the Life's Healing Choices. We're going to have uh, Denise come on up and and give a quick announcement on that. Good morning, everyone. Just uh, wanted to touch base with everybody. Haven is going to be having a Life's Healing Choices Bible study. That is going to start on November 7th. It's going to run on Thursday evenings um, at 6.30 here at the church. Today is the last day to sign up. Uh, and there is a cost associated of $17 per person. Uh, it be, will be facilitated by myself, Rachel Boyd, and Randy Fluker. And we will be in the Bell Cafe at the church if you'd like to see us to sign up or if you have any other questions. And I think that's all. Thank you. going around it's a sign up for a men's group so if you're interested and you just didn't go to the right location sign up go ahead it'll come around to you um there's a qualification you have to be male that's how that works okay if you're not sure put it down we'll we'll determine it for you okay ladies let's crash it <coughs> so, all right so what what i'd ask right now just stand to greet those people around you and then um, we're going to have an opening prayer from one of our young adults
All right, if everybody will get still, we're going to go ahead and we challenge you to continue to get hold of people and connect to them. Um, and so right now, Samantha, one of our young adults and one of our youth leaders, is going to help lead us in prayer to open up today. All right, Father God, we just thank you so much for this morning. And God, we, um, we just come here with hearts ready to worship you. And God, we know that you deserve all the praise and all the glory this morning, God. And we are just so thankful for the blessings that you just pour out on us every single day. So Lord, um, we just pray as we get in this time of worship that you would just open our hearts and that we would just have our eyes focused on you and just see the goodness and the glory of your son. Amen. There's a lot of uh, powerful words in the Bible, you know, this holy and hallelujah. This, not, this word hosanna is a Jewish word that, that means uh, save now. It, it's a word of urgency. You know, if you need God in your life, you know, this, this, this word is just a word of power to come to come save me from, from my situation right now, Lord. Just uh, deliver me from that and uh, bless me today, Lord.
the day in your presence all our fears are washed away sing it out when we see you we find strength to face the day in your presence all our fears are washed away washed away
he lives I can face tomorrow because he lives all fear is gone because I know he holds the future worth the living just because he lives and life is worth the living just because he time our children can leave for uh, Shoreline Sunday School Ministry and, youth and other ministries. atmosphere changes when the children leave, doesn't it? <laughs> this morning, Trudy has uh, put in a joy. Her husband had a CAT scan this week, and everything looks really good, so they're praising the Lord for that. And by the way, you can find these forms on the two little floating shells back there, and it really helps when you fill them out. Um, we have prayer requests. Um, Dakota's teacher's husband is very sick, and either the teacher's name is Terry Walesco or the husband is Terry. I'm not sure which, but we want to remember him in prayer. And Patty and Dakota have asked prayer for a friend named Benny who's suffering with terminal cancer. And Bobby has asked us to remember Violet Sexton. We have prayed for her many different times in this church um, who's in the hospital with pneumonia. And for the Barr family, uh, the father was injured. I believe he's the fire police person that was hit uh, at the scene of an accident or a fire the other evening. Melinda has asked um, for prayer for traveling mercies for all of them that are going to the CFO next Sunday for a week. They're going to leave on Sunday and come back on uh, Friday, and I believe that's called Camp Farthest Out. Are you amazed that I know that? Sometime I'll tell you how. Um, she's also asked for a prayer request uh, for her jaw to realign, and she has a praise. Um, all those that were displaced by the Little Caesar fire, the big fire in the Northeast, um, have been moved over to the Havit Grace store, which just opened, so they are able to go back to work. Thank, she wants to thank the Lord for that. Jill has asked for continued prayer for Jim. He's uh, better, but he's still waiting for surgery, so we want to continue to remember him that things will calm down so that they can actually uh, do the surgery. And Trudy's asking for prayer, um, not feeling well even though she's here this morning. 
And Lois has asked prayer for her, um, the daughter of her neighbor, um, Cecilia Farrow, who is uh, in the hospital with a very, um, in very serious condition. This morning, let's go to the Lord who can answer all of these prayers. Father, we thank you that even though we are coming from different backgrounds and different weeks, that it doesn't matter. What matters is that you love us and you care about us and the things that have happened in our life, whether they, we view them as good or bad, all of those things you are interested in. We pray, Father, that you'll be with Jim as he's sitting home. He may even be watching us right now on the technology that he helped us to acquire. We pray that you will help his gallbladder to calm down to the point where it can be operated on. We pray that you'll give him patience as he's um, waiting. We pray that you'll be with the whole family as they have Jim ill at home and they have uh, Reverend Cohen there convalescing. We just pray that you'll uh, be strength to all of them as they deal with those who are ill in the home. We think, Father, of the family of the young man who was murdered this week, that you'll be with them. We know there are people in this congregation who know the family or who are involved with them, and we just pray that you'll help them to be able to reach out and be Jesus to them. We think, Father, of those who are going to be traveling this week, and we pray that you'll give them traveling mercies. And that while they are there, that they will have a renewed strength, a renewed commitment to you. We pray, Father, for those who are going through difficult situations, either family relationship or financial or looking for jobs. All of those things we know are important and matter to you. We pray, Father, for um, those who are in the hospital that we've mentioned this morning, Violet Sexton and um, others that we don't personally know. We just pray that you will be with each one of them, be with their families as they deal with the illness and be with the doctors and the nurses who provide care. Give them guidance. We pray, Father, that as we continue to worship you, which is our whole reason for being here this morning, that you will help us to focus in on the words of the Scripture, the words of the songs that are sung, and the words that you have given Jack to share with us this morning, that you will help us to have no distractions, that we will be able to totally focus in and put away the things that are on our minds that we brought with us this morning, and that, Father, we will realize when everything is through that we have heard from you, that we have received instructions for living a better life, and that we were not here by accident. We pray, Father, that as we worship you with our tithes and offerings this morning, that as we have heard this morning and sung all of the blessings that you have given us, all of the things that we can see immediately and think about, and the things that if we took time to think about would come to our mind, all of the things you have given us and blessed us with, and we are giving back a small portion to you this morning in thankfulness. We ask all of those things in thy name. Amen.
nothing will I fear as long as you are near. Please be near me to the end. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Now I will not forget your love for me and yet my heart forever is wandering. Jesus be my God and hold me to your side. I will love you to the end. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet. Good morning. Today's reading comes from Daniel chapter 3. The image of gold in the blazing furnace. King Nebuchadnezzar made an image of gold 60 cubits high and 6 cubits wide and set it up on the plain of Dora in the province of Babylon. Whoever does not fall down and worship will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. And Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the image of gold I have set up? Now when you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipe, and all kinds of music, if you are ready to fall down and worship the image I made, very good. But if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. Then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar was furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and his attitude toward them changed. He ordered the furnace heated seven times hotter than usual and commanded some of the strongest soldiers in his army 
to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. How are we doing? Good? All right. Always good to have a verse where people get chucked in the furnace, right? Okay, welcome um, everybody who's here um, and people who are just here this week. Um, we are in our third week of our series called Fear Itself. Um, I've enjoyed talking about this, and this week is a time where everybody likes to think about getting scared, right? Um, this time of uh, year. Um, I remember when I was in, in college, <coughs> excuse me, when I was in college, uh, a friend of mine uh, found out that we'd get free food if we went and went to one of those like kind of haunted um, hayride things. And my friend and I went, and we were, uh, he decided to climb up in a tree, and we were going to jump out and scare people. Um, and he jumped down, and he about broke his ankle. Um, so the, it's not, I guess, I told him he should have been a zombie because he was like limping along like, uh, you know. So, um, But it's uh, that time of year. And as we're talking about fear, we, we've talked about different things about fear different weeks. And this one kind of, I touched on each week, um, but this time we're going to really open it up. This week we're going to talk about the, the very best of fear. Uh, fear's very best, what it loves to get. And, um, and I really believe that, you know, pastors are people, um, you know, sometimes, have you ever had somebody sometime, like, if, if, I'm, if I'm being truthful with you, like, what, what other kinds of time are you, like, not being truthful? You know, would you say, like, oh, well, this time I'm lying to you, but the rest of the time I'm lying, but this time if I'm being truthful. Um, but I believe that pastors need to be more transparent about being afraid. I think that's, I think that helps. Um, don't you think so? If you don't, I don't care. I do, I think. Um, but, um, you know, f- one of the things that fear does is fear is paralyzing and it will crash any of your dreams. How many of you had dreams to do something? Anybody? Did fear creep in there and stunt you? Some of you may have never done that because of being afraid. Um, and so our, our main theme verse today, which has been our theme verse for everything, is on 1 John 4.18. And you can take a look here. Um, on 1 John, don't worry, she's good. She's not afraid. No. But our, our theme verse for the series has been from 1 John 4. There is no love in fear, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has nothing to do with punishment. The one who fears is, not, is, is made perfect in love. And we did an amplified translation which says perfect love cast fear outdoors, takes, chucks it outdoors. Remember that? Remember we had our fear and we had our perfect love for week one? Um, so we had, we had a real tall guy and a really like short girl, but she was tough. So she was tough. Um, and so one of the things that I've always loved about, um, about music is I love best of albums. Or the, you know what I mean? Um, like, does anybody know a best of album that you liked? Queen's Greatest Hits. Could there be anything better than that? I mean, did Freddie Mercury have a voice or what? I mean, Freddie Mercury had a voice. I mean, try to, try to sing any of those songs. Yeah, we can go, don't, 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 another one bites the dust down there. But when we get, hey, I'm going to get you too, we're like, hey, you know, somebody kick me so I can sing higher. Um, but we, we have that kind of stuff. Anybody got another one? Barry Manilow. I wasn't thinking that one, but that'll work. Um, <laughs> That's good. By my, we have a very diverse group. Freddie Mercury, Barry Manilow. It's all good. 
Um, but Barry Manilow, like he was, he he hung out with uh, Bette Midler, so she, she's like the rocker girl. So it's all good there, um, huh? Oh my gosh, we're going a different direction than I ever thought. <laughs> Michael Michael Bolton, okay, huh? Earth, wind, and fire. We had the Alan Jackson. There we go. Um, boot, right? What else? Huh? Oh, CCR. There we go. Uh, CCR. Um, the Eagles. Tell me, you can't just hear, I'm a running down the road trying to lose. I mean, that's just like, oh, yeah, woo, yeah. You're, you're ready to go. Um, there's a lot of different ones that we have. And um, one of the ones that I love is, is, which I call it their greatest hits album, even though it probably technically wasn't, but Boston, Boston. I don't think they had any good songs on anything else, did they? Um, that one album had a ton of good stuff. Um, and the one I think is my favorite, uh, did Wayne step out? Yeah, Wayne stepped out. I was going to get him to play a little bit. Um, maybe I'll get him to play it at the end. Uh, Journey. Journey's greatest hit. I mean, hey, we even bring the Manilow crowd together with Journey, right? You know, Manilow and Freddie Mercury and Queen come together in Journey. It's a wonderful life. Um, but, you know, I must have burned up that cassette tape. For those of you who don't know, it's a real thin ribbon that you put in your car, and it goes, sometimes it gets caught up, and you have to take a little pen, and, okay. Um, or for the, some of you who are really old, you heard the click up in the middle of the song, 8-track. Um, so, and just to let you know, Jill and I had to listen to Barry Manilow's greatest hits to and from my grandmother's house every time we got in the car. So, um, so I understand. I remember all my life. Right, Okay. Oh, air supply. I'm all out of love. <laughs> See, I've been singing in songs lately. I could do like this one man like song thing, but you guys probably would be out of here. So, um, but some of those songs, like I, I still love to this day when our praise team gets together, I still love Wayne will start, doom, 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 and I'll be like, we'll just start singing, don't stop. Believing. Patty was here the other night, right? We were having a little mini concert. Wayne and I, the rest of the praise team left. We were, we were doing Eagles. We, were, um, we even got some sticks, okay? Not the Dobomori Gato, Mr. Roboto version, um, okay? Like the, like the babe I'm leaving kind of stuff. Also, Dennis Dion had a voice too, okay? All right, now that we're through that, I always love to look at these kind of things. And, you know, years ago, I am going to show you something that is going to make you guys feel, some of you, really old. Not a marker, no, I'm going to put that out here. But long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, there were these things. What is this? Um, vinyl, right? Um, people are like, vinyl? What? That's what I have like on the side of my house or something. Oh. But this is called a what? Wow. How many of you have ever seen one of these? How many of you have ever... Now watch, watch the hands go down. Keep your hands up. How many of you have ever played one of these? All right. All right. Here we go. So, so more than I thought. But, um, and of course, I picked this record... Soul, because um, it was cheap at uh, Goodwill, um, but <laughs> that's true. Um, but one of the things is fear has a best of. And so since we're talking about fear will influence your soul. <laughs> Got it? Okay. Um, I know some of you guys are like, what is that thing up there? Okay. Um, and so who's that in our, a rendition of? 
Who's it look like? Jimi Hendrix. There we go, Jimi Hendrix. So um, we're saying we're going back a long time, all right? So, um, and so what we look at is I want to go through some of the best of, and we're going to do that by looking at this thing right here that affects your soul. Because that's what fear does. So fear, I'm going to prop Jimi Hendrix right there. And fear affects your soul. And so fear has some, some top hits on here. No, I'm like, oh, this has Sly and the Family Stone on it. All right, cool. So, now, here we go. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to start, and I'm going to give you the first, the fear's greatest hits or fear's best of. The first track, and you know what's interesting is a lot of time, what would happen if you scratch this? Remember you, put, you turn it on, and then you could put a needle down on it? Okay, there was actually a rap song that was like, put the needle on the record top. And you guys have no clue what that means. Um, but you put it down, and then it would go, it's like a sound. And, and if you got a scratch on it, what would it do? Skip. And that's sometimes what fear does with this first track. And so this first track is called, what if? What if? That's fear's first and greatest Track, what if? It's its top song. It is its don't stop believing. Okay? It is its stop believing. And so, what fear does is it simply does this. When the record skips, remember how you'd be playing a song? I love the song. And then we go, "Eh, eh, eh, eh." what fear does is sometimes in the soul, get it, of our lives, that our lives skip. And fear. It's song, What If, keeps coming in our lives, in our minds. And so we end up in this time where Satan wants to play that over and over and over and over in, our, in the scratches of our lives. Uh, and so what we end up having is, it'll say, well, what if I end up alone? I should go with this person even though I know it's bad for me. What if I don't... Uh, get a job that's better? What if God doesn't answer my prayer? What if, I know this is a pattern, I know that I should believe in God, I know that it should be here, but what if, and 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 it keeps playing what if in our lives, and we keep hearing that same song in different areas of our lives, and, and it's all gone by fear, and so we begin to trust more in what fear says than what God says in our lives. And we end up in that what if, what if. Just what if you're not who you say you are. Just what if people don't love me as much as they, th- they say they do. Just what if I am who I was always told I am. Just what if I am my actions and not who God says I am. And it keeps us in this pattern continually in life. And we're stuck. And, and so what do we do? What do we do with this? Well, the rest of the day, what I want to do is tell us how to deal with Fear's greatest song or fear's top, the best of fear, what if, and find out how we work through this, through our lives. Because guess what? What if never stops unless we we continue on. Fear is always going to be there, always going to be there. Look at the person next to you and go, boo. Okay, see, it's there. Um, And sometimes we try... I believe what if is there, and sometimes it's like parenting 
Once you have enough, once you have some kids, you learn how to shut stuff up and it fades in the background. And you have to do that to keep your sanity. And so that's what I want to teach you how to do is to, to deal with fear. And we're going to give you some different ways on how to deal with your what-ifs. In order to do that, we're going to go to Daniel, uh, Daniel chapter 3. And Daniel chapter 3 is, and, and I also want to talk about this. When, when we talk about Daniel chapter 3, I'm going to come back and touch on something else. Daniel chapter 3 was read to us today. But i got to give you some background history. The Israelites are in captivity and there's a king called Nebuchadnezzar, and King Nebuchadnezzar is a major egomaniac. You say, how do you know, Jack? Because anybody who puts up a 90-foot statue that is nine feet wide of themselves tend to have a big ego or, or are you know, really lacking in life and need to you know, go ahead and compensate for something that's missing in their lives. So he went ahead, and it says that he made this golden image, um, and it's 90 feet by nine feet, and he goes ahead, summons all his people together and says, hey, I got this idea. So here's what you're going to proclaim. Every time music plays, now think about how many times in your life you hear music. You hear a lot. That means every time a phone rings, every time you turn on the radio, anytime you're walking down the street, anytime you're in one of those uh, like weird stores that, start, that play all those, right, you know what I mean? Or some of the really weird music um, that all of a sudden you have to stop and you have to bow down and worship wherever this idol is. You've got to turn and face there. So here's what happened. And whoever isn't is thrown into a blazing furnace. Well, what begins to happen is they were doing this and a couple people did not. And some of the guys told on them. And it says in verse 12, But there are some Jews who have you, who have, whom you have set over the affairs of the province of, of Babylon. So they were captives who, began, who rose to a place of position and power because they were good guys, and their names that we know them as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who pay no attention to you, your majesty. They neither serve your gods nor worship the image you have set up. So he's furious, and he summons them in. He's really ticked off, and in verse 14, uh, and Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the images of gold I have set up? Verse 15, now when you hear the sound of horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipe, and all kinds of music, you are to get ready to fall down and worship the image I have made. Very good. But if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into the blazing furnace. Then what God will be able to rescue you? Then what God will be able to rescue you? So they continue on. So Nebuchadnezzar in this story is the example of fear. He is the one to be afraid of. Anybody who can, with one word, throw you into a fiery furnace is probably somebody that you might want to be afraid of. And then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this manner. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us. And he will deliver us from the majesty's hands. But you see, they really get it. They really get it. Look what happens in verse 18. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image that you had set up. Isn't this really cool? Here is, they've got it here. They are afraid. And what we know from the scripture is they were probably teenagers. Where's my teenagers in here? This is you guys. And I think, (laughs) good job. Uh, (laughs) um, She is. Me too. Um, But... There we go. So what we have is they say, 
Nebuchadnezzar, we understand the rule, but because of our conviction for God and the God we serve, we recognize, no matter what you set up, that God can and will deliver us from you. But here's the thing, even if he doesn't, he will, but even if he doesn't, he's going to, I'm telling you, I know that he's going to, but even if he does not, we're still not going to bow down. So if we get in there and we throw it up, we get burned up, just know that we know God could and would and he will, but just in case we want to let you know, we're not going to bow down even if we burn up. So, and neither is anybody else who's with us. They get it. Fear is in the background of their lives. It's there, but they don't let it control them. You see the what if here? The what if is this. If you don't bow down, you will be, boom. And can you imagine in their minds? Well, you know, well, if we, well, what if we do bow down? I mean, nobody's going to be upset about it. God will give us like a, a pass. You know, it's just a little thing. We'll still worship. We still won't eat the stuff. We'll still, we'll still focus on God. But, you know, what if we don't do that? If we don't do that, then problem, we're going to go ahead in the fire. And, you know, I know God can, but, you know, I've, I, I'm not sure that he will. But they knew that God will. Isn't that cool? And Nebuchadnezzar was furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and his attitude toward them changed. He ordered the furnace heated seven times hotter than usual and commanded some of the strongest soldiers in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them in. Now I want to share something that fear does to you. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are their Babylonian names. And we know them by their Babylonian names. And I believe the church is wrong. We should know them by their Hebrew names, because names mean something. And Shadrach means the command, command of Aku. And Aku was a moon god. And what does the moon do? Shines what? Light from? So it reflects. It has no original light from itself. It has no energy itself. It's a big floating rock that reflects things. And so, but... Shadrach's real name was Hananiah, which means the Lord shows or shines grace. And so his name was changed because what happens when we trust and have faith in God, we show and reflect his grace in our lives. When we don't, we end up being um, ruled by false light. Let me understand the moon. We end up being ruled by a reflection of something that's fake out there. Something that has no power in itself. Meshach means who is what Aku is. Aku being the moon god. Being the false light. So his real name was Mishael, which means who is what Yahweh or God is. And so what they're doing is making a play that their God is greater. And so what it leads is a misleading in wisdom. That we substitute something else for God, which has no power, and we say, this is what it is. So in our lives, we may say, this is my God. In your life, what is your God that you think, who is like this? What is like this in my life? If that, we could put, what if that was gone, my life would fall apart. And many times we don't say, what if God let me go, my life would be really apart. And so we compare something to God, and it throws us off. Another thing is Abednego, and his name means Azariah. But Abednego in, in uh, Babylonian 
means servant of Nebo, and Nebo was their god of wisdom and writing. And one of the other things fear does to us is it corrupts our wisdom. It gives us a worldly wisdom, not a wisdom from God. And when we look at this, Azariah means the Lord helps. And i got to tell you, if it wasn't for the wisdom of God helping me every day of my life, I would be worse and make worse choices than I already do. Anybody else with me? And so what, here's what fear does to us. When we end up with the what-ifs in our life, what fear does to us is it causes us to be under the command or to be ruled by, something, like by a false light or to be guided to the false light by saying, thinking who, he or she who dies with the most toys wins. Or if I, if I uh, do enough stuff in life, I'll be happy. Instead of, and then it also go, goes to us and it t- misleads us to who is like this in my life. We make other things more important than God. And then on top of that, we say, I have a, a wisdom that is greater than what God has. But what faith does, faith is that the Lord shows us undeserved favor and grace and love. And we're not led by false light, but we're ruled by the love and grace and undeserved favor of God. And we know that what, nobody out there is like God. And on top of that, we recognize that we only get through this life with God's help. I thought that was kind of cool. I don't know what you do. I think it's really cool. Um, so we have these guys that are here. And you realize that we are on, they've proven that we are only born with two fears. Do you realize that? Anybody want to guess what they are? Anybody want to guess what the fears are? Huh? Nope. What? No? I'm saying born. Who said that? Falling. The fear of falling is one of them. You ever seen a little kid go... Little baby? Baby do that? Okay. Want to try? No, I'm just joking. Um, And what do you think the other one is? Loud noises. Only two fears that we are born with, loud noises and falling. That means every other thing we are afraid of in life is learned, and that also means that it can be unlearned. Everything you are afraid of can be unlearned. We are a product of learning all these different things. So how do we answer what if? How do we answer what if? Well, we have to go back to our record. Do we just try to skip that track? No, it's impossible to skip what if, right? It's impossible. We play it out, and we play it out in our lives, and then we go to track number two. So we'll put what if, number one, and number two. Isn't this fun? Um, Number two is... That would... That would is track number two. We play through what if. Because eventually some of those scratches of life, it tends to kick on over. So we go, we and say, what if? What if? Let it play through, let it play through. That would. Think about this. I'll put it there by the soul. Um, in our lives, we can't pretend that bad things don't happen to Christian people. Anybody here in this room believe you are a Christian? Anybody ever had anything bad happen to you? Anybody had that what if in your life become that would? I mean, think about this. So many times in life we go through and we, don't, we, we live in denial and then somebody says, well, what if that person doesn't make it? Or what if it, do, it doesn't succeed. Or what if, and we go, blah, 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 nah, I'm not going to listen to nah. And you know, when we do that, we, sh- we try to shut out the, the what ifs, but we also shut out God. And so we can't get that 
nature. So I'm going to tell you, that wood is recognition. And if we go back to that first one, that first one, the what if is our song of panic. It's our song of panic. So this one is a little bit different. We can't pretend. So I want to ask you, what is that wood? What if something happened to my kids? That would be the worst thing I can imagine dealing with. What if I had an accident and I lost the ability to walk and everything? That would be horrific for me. What if? You got some other what ifs out there? What if something happened to my my wife? And she went through what I've seen other people go through, that she ended up having a horrific death or a sudden death or died, just period. That would be the most devastating thing I can imagine in my life. And some of you have thought that way, but some of you ended up having to deal with that, that wood. Am I right? You had to deal with that woods. There are so many times, and what I realized in talking with people is the what-ifs in life help us only drift out in, like, the surf. And we go, I'm not going get, to get a little bit further. And we'll walk in. And you ever seen, how many of you cannot swim? Great, we have a pool. Let's throw you outside. No, um, but some, of you, some are, for, for swimming, what if I get knocked into a wave and pulled out? Then I'm, that fear of drowning keeps you even, like, from the kiddie pool. You, like, step in and go, that's enough. Uh, that what if does that, and I remember as a kid, my, my mom not wanting to go in too deep. She just kind of get in and splash around because she, the, the what if, and she never had learned. And so the what if kept her from going deeper. And I think that's what happens in our lives and our relationship with God is that the what ifs are so important and keeps us in a panic situation that the, that, um, that would is one that, that ends us, has us places ourselves in a painful situation. It's our pain song. Because if, what if something happened to my children or, or my child or, or one of them, that would be horrific. And I would hate to deal with that. And yet I've dealt with people on the other side of that. I've given them the different things that God talks about. But the, that would tears me up. It's a pain song. But what I found out in my life is the times where I said, when I was afraid of the what-ifs and I ended up in the that would, played the what-ifs through and got to the that would, I found out that as I got to the deeper areas of my life, that God became more real and stronger to me. It was in the that woods, those that wood situation, that only God's grace brought me through. And, and fear, it's interesting enough, the what-ifs lose power in that wood because the, that wood became real to me. And when that wood became real to me, God became even more real to me. And there's stuff in my life that when I get to the bottom of it, I found out something interesting. God is still there. And he brought me through it with a deeper faith. And I'm sure that some of you here have been through the darkest hour that used to be a what if. Am I, am I right? And when you've, made, when you've gone through that, most of you here will say only God brought you through it. And is still bringing you through it day in and day out. Am I right? And so 
in the midst of this, we, we end up with that wood. That is our, our pain song, our song of pain. And you can look in your, on your, uh, your bulletin today. You can see this verse in Psalm 40, which, interestingly enough, I know my dad's testimony, he calls it his psalm. And it says this, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and he heard my cry. He lifted me out of what? Slimy pit, the miry bog. That's not a nice place. He lifted me out of that mud and mire and set my feet upon a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear the Lord. Because you know what? When I'm in the what-if situations, and the what-ifs become the even-now situations, the, the situations of right here and now, when they become those ways, it is only when I realize that I, do ne- I never want to be without God in my life. It's really cool because the next track on our list is this. When you have what if, and we deal with that wood, so we have our, our uh, pain track here, our panic track and our pain track, we get to number three. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego remind us how important this one is. And it's simply this. What if that wood, God is? God is. As I said, our first track, what if, is our panic track. Our second one is our pain track, that would. But as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego remind us, God is. Remember what they said, you know, it was, what if we don't bow down, then we're going to be thrown into fire, fire furnace. That would be a bad thing, because I don't want to lose my life. But, King Nebuchadnezzar, God is. God is, no matter what your situation is, God is your rescuer, he is your savior, he is the mender of broken hearts, he is the one that puts your life together, he's the one that can put your life back together, and in all that, God is. No matter what your situation, no matter what your pain, no matter what you're dealing with, no matter what has happened to you, God is. I cannot imagine a situation, I can imagine a ton of them that would be that woods, that would be so painful in my life. But I know that I know that I know no matter what the situation, that God is. And he's greater than it all. And he's there for me in every, every ounce and every situation. So many of us are stuck on what if that we never get further and deeper in our faith. And Satan loves to keep us in the what ifs. I'm keeping us on the big what ifs. But what if I said hi to somebody and they don't think I'm very good? Or what if I... What if I sign up for that Bible study and I seem stupid? Good. Welcome to the rest of the world. What if I go ahead and I, I try to sing in church and start to praise God? What if somebody thinks I'm a religious nut? What if I open my Bible and, and, and I don't understand it? What if I smile at somebody and they take it wrong? Little things in life become big things and paralyze us in each and every areas of our lives. You see, Satan wants to have us stuck in the what ifs. And let's look at this verse from Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25. Everybody good? Okay. 
Matthew chapter 25, we're going to take a look at, at what God has here for us in Matthew 25. And you will see verses 24 through um, 27, I believe. But this is another story. There is, Jesus tells a parable, and a parable is basically a story to just convey some stuff. And he talks about a man who's going on a journey. He calls in his servants, and he entrusts his wealth to them. He gave one five bags of gold to another two bags and to another one bag, according each to their ability. And then he went on a journey. So the man who had received five bags went and put his money to work and gained five more. So also the one with two bags uh, of gold gained two more. But the one who received one bag went off, dug a hole, took it in the ground, and hid his master's money. So here we go. We're picking up in 19. After a long time, the master of the servants returned to settle his accounts with him. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I've gained five more. His master said, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. The, master, the man with two bags of gold also came and said, Master, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I've gained two more. And he replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you were a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and I went out and I hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. Now, we're going to stop right there for a second. I'll get back to the other. Notice that he didn't say, you know, I went ahead and I bought cable with it. I went ahead and, and you know, got a, you know, took some of it to go ahead and, you know, have a gun. So if anybody came and got it, I'd shoot them or, you know, didn't have a bulletproof vest because I know you're really mean and you might hit me. Um, so he didn't do that. That would have been a misappropriation. What he did is he actually took it and held on to it. And out of fear, he buried it. And the, the money system here is called talents. Now, I could go into a whole other sermon about us burying our talents that God has given us. You may only have one talent. If you bury it, God's not too happy about it. Listen to the response from his master. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. I do not believe that was what he expected to hear from him. I thought he said, oh, great, you gave it to me, give it back to me. So you knew I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put more money on deposit with the bankers, so my money on deposit with bankers, so that when I returned, I would at least have it back with interest. What's going on here? You see, you notice that the master doesn't yell at the guy with two and say, where's my ten? He made ten. He, he doesn't hold you accountable for what you don't have, but what he gives you, he wants to use and to have it grow. The man with five came up with ten. Good job. Two came up four, doubled it. Well done, good and faithful servant. God bases it on what he's called us to do, our life. I am not going to be responsible for what God has not placed in my hands or in my path, but those who God does place in my path, if I, path, if I bury my talents and ignore them, then guess what? God is going to hold me accountable for that. And so many of us hide our lives out of fear and our talents. But as we're reminded by our verse from this whole, whole uh, series, perfect love does what? drives out fear, or throws fear outdoors. Satan wants us to focus on our what-ifs in life. 
And so many times we forget about this. And when we, when we focus on this, we're, fo- we're stuck, so stuck here and on the possibility of e- that wood that we never get anywhere else. And so many times we forget that there's a flip side to this whole thing. There's a flip side to the whole thing. We are concerned with the cost of stepping out in faith, but we never really weigh the cost of not stepping out in faith. When I, I, get, I get the opportunity every Sunday and every day of the week to remember to a point where I was told from the point that I first told a church leader that I was thinking about starting a church and leaving a very comfortable environment in many ways. Worldly comfort. And the first thing that came out of that person's mouth was, what if it fails? And that caused me to do some thinking, that would be horrific. I may have to give out stickers at Walmart. I may have to figure out what I'm going to do. I may have to get government assistance to help my family. And that's not a bad thing. But I went through all these things. I may need to go ahead and... I may never get to stand in front of a church again. That would be horrible. But in the midst of that statement, God spoke for me and gave a God is statement and said, God called me to ministry and it'll happen somewhere. If I had gotten stuck in that what if, we wouldn't be here. You may be here with somebody else. Because I believe God's call, when God calls, he, he, and he wants something, he'll, he'll bring it. He'll bring in Elisha if Elijah is, is done. Remember last week? And so, I began to think of some other things in my life. That I'm more concerned about what my friends think about me at times, as I've been growing up, than what the creator, the person who created me for a purpose, cares about me. I believe that the greatest fear for men is not looking stupid. How are we doing with that, men? You know, I think men will not step out into an area because we don't want to look stupid. And because the ladies with us will remind us about how stupid we looked <laughs> in doing so. Am I, am I right? We don't want to do something because there's this fear of looking like we're incompetent in that area. And as I look at the people God calls, he calls the people who are totally incompetent so that he can show his competence in and through them. You know, I remember when I was a kid, I was taking a guitar lesson up in Newark Elkton Road. And I had just been driving for a little bit. And I, just, I had this fear of I-95. Anybody ever done that? I had this fear that when I merged, as soon as I merged on there, it would my Chevette, yes, a 1980 yellow Chevette. But I had a good pickup line. I used to tell girls I had a yellow vet. Um, <laughs> they kind of left me after they saw it was a Chevette, not a Corvette. Um, but I remember going, I remember, and you know, that thing you pushed down and you made the hamster run faster. Um, come on, come on, come on, yeah. Um, and I remember the fear of jumping on 95 and how it kept me from 95. And one day I said, let's do it. And I white-knuckled and grabbed hold of the steering wheel and just went and prayed and merged. <laughs> and I added another hamster to the wheel. Uh, you know, and, I, and I got over there, and I went the slow lane all the way, all the way, all the way, all the way. And came off, and I merged off, and I was like, I made it. And now, 
I am the one that scares the ones who are afraid. I'm like, you know, all over the place. But what if I had never gone ahead and gone out on that road? I'd still be afraid and I wouldn't take a pathway that makes my life quicker and easier. How many times do we in life, because of the what ifs, we get stuck there and we never take the path that God has for us? It helps us get to where he wants us to be quicker. We are so afraid and to weigh the cost of stepping out and failing, but we don't recognize the cost is greater if you don't. What if I had never? What if, I, I'm, a, I'm a preacher's kid. I did not want to do this. I'm being honest here today. I did not want to do this. I grew up in a preacher's household. Anybody else PKs here besides Jill? Uh, there's a couple of you. All right. Yeah, you are too, Jacob. So, um, sorry. Um, but I didn't want to do it. And I fought against it. I had a Jonah moment. And I got bored with the mouth and went down to the tail. And ended up vomiting on a beach somewhere. Through West Virginia. Who knew West Virginia had a beach? And it is through that point at the bottom of my life that I found out that God is. And I found out that God's calls irrevocable. What if I had never met a young girl named Melissa? 17, almost 18 years ago. Well, actually 20 some years ago, 22 years ago. I know, I met her when I was three. <laughs> um, what if? What if I hadn't trusted God with the birth of my first son, who many of you remember, that was with Jacob. It was very tumultuous, and we didn't think he was going to be here. What if I didn't stand out in the parking lot and say, you know, them telling me, what if this hemorrhaging that she's going through is losing him? Then that would cause me to not believe the promises that you gave me, God. God, you are. I've had to do that so many times in my life. Stepping out is difficult. But, you know, we like to look at the disciples and think, wow, they had it all together. Look at them. They had their stained glass. Every one of them got killed, but John, and he spent the latter part of his life on an island by himself. Anybody signing up for discipleship? <laughs> Depends on the island, I know, right? And yet, in that, they recognize that it was greater in the points of their life where God is. And guess what? Here's what I have to tell you here today. God still is. Because God is, is the promise. If the first one is panic and the next one is pain, God is, is the promise that we can rest in and we can trust in. And there's one other thing I want to share with you. There's a bonus track. This is the 12-inch dance mix version for you old people. All right? Ready for the bonus track? Back masking. Play it backwards. You guys remember? Yeah, now, now you're old. the old people are coming to life now. Now you, get, now you go, oh, yeah. You, you play it, and you play it backwards. 
and it always said something about Satan or drugs or, <laughs> it never said, you know, like, get a blue light special at Kmart, you know, or anything like that, but it always had, like, something evil in there, uh, sex, drugs, and rock and roll, and Satan puts it in words. And how many of you did that? Yes, you were all warped like me. Um, and we listened. We made up stuff. Did you hear that? That was the voice of a demon. You know. Yeah, um, but, but you know what's really cool? When you take all this stuff and you play it backwards, you find out that God is, and that would, and what if? Or if what? So what? Because God is. When we start with who God is, we can recognize, look back on your life. Go ahead and look back on your life and find these things. Uh, as I look at the scripture, we can look back, we can backmask it, because I can see that in Daniel th- chapter 3, guess what? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they don't burn up. And a matter of fact, they say, whoa, we put, how many we put in there? They said three. Guess what? They're four. And one looks like an angel. They said, yep, you know why? Because God is. And they came out, and here's what's really cool. The people that threw them in burn up, and they pulled them out, and they didn't even smell like smoke. Now, anybody ever been around a campfire and doesn't even smell like smoke or been to a bowling alley? <laughs> you guys remember, am I right? You'd be like, you know. Um, at least that's what you told your parents, those of you who smoked. Um, every time I read 1 Samuel 17, Goliath gets his head chopped off. You know, what if he's big? That means that would be, I'm done. But God, David said, but God is. You come at me with all that stuff, you're big, you're powerful, but guess what? God is. And we can play that back in our life. As I look at my life backwards, I can see the points where I feared the most, I panicked the most, that the promise of God came in, and I was able to have perspective on my life and recognize that God is and he, God will. He is faithful. When you give your life to Jesus, so many have stopped doing, fully giving their life to Jesus because of the what-ifs in life. God is not a harsh master, but he's the one who loves us so much he sent his son to live and die for us. Maybe you've dug a part in your life and buried it because of the what-ifs. But I want to tell you, God is here for you now. Look at this verse of scripture. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in time of trouble. Therefore, we will not, what? Fear. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell on the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. That's somebody backmasking over their life and say, I've been through an awful lot, but God is. I'm here to tell you today that God is. And so today, I want to give you an opportunity. I, I just, I'm going to ask the praise team to come up. And I'd like you to just go ahead and stand where you are right now. And I want everybody to just... just Listen to me right now and respond with me. Maybe you've dug a hole in your life and the what-ifs have kept you from what God has for you. And so I want to give a prayer to start this last part of the service today. And um, there may be people here who, because of the what-ifs in their own lives, have never, ever given their lives to Jesus. I mean, you may have just kind of thought, yeah, I'm sort of a Christian. But you may have never just really said, Jesus, I, I need you. And so here's... You know, there's, there's a couple things that we do in order to do that. One is to repent. And repent means to go the, turn and go the other way. It also means a change of mind. To confess. Scripture says that we confess our sin. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. 
And the last part is to believe. Believe you are who you say you are. You are the, the Savior, the Lord of all. In every record or CD or whatever you do, iPod, you play in life, the what ifs of life always end with God is. So start with God is, and we'll see. So what I want you to do, I want everybody to just bow your heads and, and just go ahead and everybody say this with me. If you're a Christian or not, I think it's good just to reconfirm that in our lives. So join with me in this. Heavenly Father, I am a sinner. I have missed what you have called me to do in your life. But I believe you are who you say you are. I need a Savior. You're it. And you're the only one. I confess in my heart and my mouth that I have wronged you. And I believe that you died on the cross and rose again. Make me new. Make me yours. In your name. Amen. Now, if you, if you prayed that, uh, you know, I'm just going to, eyes open, I don't care. People don't need to sneak into heaven. Go ahead and Get away from the what if and just say, God is. And so if you believe God is and you said that prayer and you accepted the Lord, just kind of throw your hand up today. Just go ahead. There we go. Amen. Let's, let's, let's get that's a hand. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? God is good. Anybody else who needs to pray, I'm going to be at the altar. And remember, God is. God is. And guess what? He will. Oh, I forgot one thing. You ready? One more thing, Wayne. Here we go. God will take your soul and increase your faith. There we go. song we're going to do right now was given to me a couple weeks ago by somebody in our, in our front row here. Um, but, uh, you know, it's not, it's always cool how God gives me a song and it's not really in, in that timing, but, but it, right now it's perfect because it's called Sovereign. Another powerful word in the Bible, it's, it's just like an overall, you know, it's, it's a big thing, right? If God is sovereign, you know, he's, he's over everything, universe, heaven, earth, everything. So God is sovereign in our what? Our what ifs? Our that woulds? God is what? Sovereign. God is sovereign. Play it backwards. God is sovereign. That would. He's sovereign. So let's sing it together. So I'm going to sing it. It's a new song for us right now. So I'll sing the verse and the chorus. And then by the time you guys got it, when it comes back around again, it's going to repeat. Sing with us.
song for you guys. What do you guys think? We got a little more time for football, right? Just hang out with us all a while longer. Huh? You DVRing it? You know, it's not like vinyl anymore. It's playing back the tracks. You know, remember that? Eight tracks. You had to get right on the track and get back to it again, you know? So, see, I'm showing, I'm showing my age, too. So 
streets are washed away. They're washed away. Amen. All right, I hope you have an awesome week. Before we go, I saw Carol Henson back there. She's back from her mission trip, right? So get, make sure you check with her. Um, and, uh, and I'm sure, was, there, was all costs taken care of, or was, did you have to have some still there? Okay, well, I mean, you can recoup if we need some, so we can help. But just go talk to her. I'm sure she has great. Maybe we'll have her talk sometime and share with us just some of the stuff that she went through. But most of all, have an awesome week, and don't get stuck in what if. Um, Move on to who God is. Amen? Amen. Awesome.